Hello and welcome to this service of worship for Sunday the 26th of June 2022 from the Wirral Churches. We're going to be thinking about decisions and how we make them and how we seek to discern God's will. We gather in the power of your Spirit, O Lord. Give us the wisdom to live in the Spirit and to show the fruit of the Spirit in who we are. Make us people of love, joy and peace. Make us generous and kind and help us to shape our lives with gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. The time is now. The Lord is here. He calls us in this moment. Rejoice in the fullness of his love. And so we sing together. Come, now is the time to worship.
join in prayer. Let our hearts be glad and our tongues rejoice. When we walk in companionship with the Lord, we are filled with joy in his presence. Let us praise the Lord. Amen. Loving Father, keen to save, who sent your Son to show us the way, we worship you. Jesus, you love us and suffered for us and showed us heaven on earth. We worship you. Holy Spirit, source of new life, rich in fruitfulness, we worship you. Father, Son and Holy Spirit, love calling for action, we worship you. Following you, Jesus, does not guarantee an easy life. There are challenges and obstacles as the sinful life constantly fights with our spirit-filled life. We are sorry when our human condition takes over and we fight using our own efforts. We're sorry for the times when we retaliate when others are hurtful to us. We're sorry for relying on our own ideas and neglecting the wisdom of the Spirit's guidance. We're sorry for all the excuses we offer to get out of things you ask us to do. We're sorry for letting you down and for our complacency. We know that some things can't wait and you call us to action. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to centre our life on you, heeding the urgency of your call. Amen. And we sing together another lovely song, All I Once Held Dear Built My Life Upon.
to hear our Bible reading for today. Firstly from Paul's letter to the Galatians and then from the Gospel of Luke and our readings today are read by Carol Sellers, a member at Hope Farm Methodist Church. Galatians chapter 5 verses 1 and 13 to 25. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. The works of the flesh. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The fruit of the Spirit. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Luke chapter 9 verses 51 to 62 Samaritan Opposition as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he and his disciples went to another village. 
The Cost of Following Jesus As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And now let us sing again. We sing the hymn, Lord, you call us to your service, each in our own way. Decisions, decisions, decisions. As I said at the start of the service, we are going to reflect on how we make decisions and how we seek in that process to discern the will of God. Our readings today reflect on the making of decisions of faith and of the living out their impact and consequence. They're both challenging and supportive. But we, before we explore those scriptures further, let's just think about our own approach to decision making. 
how do you make decisions? I suppose to some extent that depends on the size and significance of the decision. One of the most common questions asked in our house is, have you any idea what you fancy for dinner? The subtext of that question could be one of two things. Tell me what you want me to cook, you decide. Or you go and make a decision and cook yourself. Surprise me. Of course, the most common answer to the immediate question is not really, or I haven't thought about it yet. At one level, it's a trivial decision, provided the makings of the meal are in the house and perhaps defrosted or able to be cooked straight from the freezer, then it isn't of earth-shattering proportions. But woe betide the one who cooks if we've had something similar in the last few days. <laughs> In a different context, I well remember my decision about buying my first television. I was still living at home and worked in Debenhams in Oxford. It was probably shortly after leaving school. I was in the TV department agonising whether I could justify to myself spending, what, the 30 or 40 pounds on a small, portable, black and white TV, remember them, for my bedroom. And whilst wrestling with this dilemma, a young boy, I guess around 10, and his father came nearby. And the boy started enthusing about the latest colour set and pestering his dad to buy this latest technology. The dad's rejection of this supposedly wonderful idea gradually got stronger to the point where eventually he exploded and said something like, we've already got more perfectly good TVs in the house than we have people who live there. We don't need another one and we're not having another one. The boy was disappointed, almost disconsolate, but it affected the magnitude of my own decision. It put it into context. And, and sure enough, I did buy the black and white TV for my bedroom and with the staff discount. <laughs> There's a story that's been around for some years about a mother bringing her son a cup of tea in bed one Sunday morning and reminding him that he needs to get up and get ready to go to church. The son replies that he doesn't want to go to church, to which the mother replies that he has to go to church. This disagreement carries on for a while and then the mother challenges him to give three good reasons why he shouldn't go to church. Back comes the answer. I'm tired. 
I don't like the people and the people don't like me. Now you give me three good reasons why I should go to church. The mother thought for a moment and then said, the people not only like, but love you. You are 38 years old and you're the vicar. Decision made. But we all know about decisions that we find challenging. And I suspect that it's into this context that our scriptures speak. Jesus had turned with determination towards Jerusalem. Some translations say that he set his face toward Jerusalem. Jesus knows that to fulfill his calling, he must go to Jerusalem and that he will suffer that he will be put to death and be raised to life. He has the dilemma. As a human being, he could choose to be disobedient. But as the son of God, he must act in a godly way and fulfill his father's purposes. And he calls upon trusted friends and followers to support him. And some are not hesitant, but offer reasons for delay. And those reasons for delay are actually very good reasons. They're backed up in Levitical law. And yet Jesus expresses the urgency that now exists. There isn't time to be sidetracked in these ways. If you are to follow me, to serve me, it needs to be done without delay. There was a worship song popular in the 70s and 80s, perhaps you'll remember it. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. It references that sense of urgency and determination. And in later verses reflects, reflects too that it is a continuing decision. It's not that at a particular date or time there was a moment of decision and commitment, though there's nothing wrong with being able to determine that moment, but rather that it is a continual conscious choice. To set aside what Paul describes so vividly as the works of the flesh and to begin and to continue in the character of Jesus that is described as the fruit of the Spirit. They become our default behaviours. They become not just what we long for, but what we are and what other recognize, others recognise as being how we live. 
This Sunday in our Methodist tradition is titled Conference Sunday. It's the Sunday within which the Methodist Conference is in session. And as our morning worship happens in churches across the Wirral and of course throughout the country, so also in Telford, in the conference hall there will be an act of worship. As well as being a worship service, it is still a session of the conference and significant decisions are made, or at least confirmed, in the lives of some servants of the church who have been serving as probation ministers and have completed that time of probation and are to be received into full connection. The conference will be told that each of them has been tested by the church and found to be called to be the to be ordained ministers that they have fulfilled their preparation and their testing and that they are recommended to the conference to be received and in most cases ordained technically even at that very late stage a member of conference could challenge that recommendation and if that were to be the case further um, examination would be required but it would take a braver person than me to challenge that whole body of corporate wisdom and testing that the church has already put in place in such a public gathering but technically the process is a decision as to whether or not to receive and ordain and that implementation doesn't happen until the conference by a standing vote gives its assent to the recommendation and declares vigorously that they are worthy it is a decision at the end of a long process whereby they and the conference the methodist church commit themselves to each other in covenant and it will be happening very shortly but there will be other decisions that will be made this week in the conference that may begin to see radical changes in how we as the Methodist Church operate, how we discern our faithfulness to God's calling in this age and place. We in this circuit, as in many others, face difficult and agonising decisions. As we remind ourselves of that first agenda item for church councils and general church meetings, the question, what is the state of the work of God in this place? We will evermore realise, I believe, that we no longer have a choice between good works and poorer works. Now the choice is between competing excellent pieces of work. But the choices, the decisions we are called to make are not about what we like doing 
or even what others like us to do. They're not about us surviving in our place. They're about what God calls us to in this time. In our faith conversations, we often talk about God equipping us and resources, uh, resourcing us for all he asks of us. If we believe that, how dare we then say that we haven't got the resources to fulfil his calling, to do his mission? However painful it might be, along with those who were given a clear sense of urgency of their call by Jesus, no turning back, we need to discern what it is that we must let go of, not turn back to, in order to follow Christ into his mission in our places. One of the sayings that I recall from my days working in the Ministry of Defence, a favourite saying of relatively senior military officers, was that you will not be criticised for making a decision that turns out to be less than ideal. Criticism will be reserved for there being a need to make a decision an urgency for a decision and failing to make it. Now is the time. No turning back. We, each of us and together, need to discern God's mission, not with anger, not with a sense of resignation, not in any self-protective way, but in and through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are God's own resources to be God's own people. Love, joy, peace, patience, perseverance, and so on. And as those first words that we heard from Galatians remind us, we are indeed freed not to do our own thing, but to do the redeeming work of God in the communities in which we live and serve by his grace. Amen. And so let us ask us ourselves the question about whether or not we're going to follow Christ as we sing the hymn, Will you come and follow me if I but call your name?
one of our callings that we can all participate in is to bring our concerns for the world for our neighbours for our church and for ourselves before God in our intercessions so let us pray loving father in this week's gospel reading we see jesus responding to the situation he found himself in with calm this week we've seen some tension around the rail strike as people react to this situation and with potential for other pay disputes we ask for calm and fair negotiations we pray for those who mediate disputes and look to resolve them. May they listen carefully and speak with wisdom. We pray for patience, consideration and kindness in talks and ask that all involved find a resolution that works. We pray also for those who are anxious about the cost of living and the challenges that that brings to us. Help all who are struggling or fear struggle and, and are worried about what the future holds. Loving Father, bring calm in times of upset listen to our prayer loving father in this week's reading when jesus arrived in a village he was not given a welcome we live in a world full of displaced people many of whom experience what is like to be unwelcome as reporting from places like Syria and Yemen moves down the news agenda overtaken by Ukraine and its neighbours, we know that you see everyone who has been forced to leave their home, everyone who has fled in terror and everyone whose future is highly uncertain. Remind us to keep praying for people when they no longer occupy the headlines. Thank you for the people who work diligently with refugees, asylum seekers and other displaced people. For those who advocate for others and seek for people who have no voice loving father may those who have left their homes find welcome and a secure future listen to our prayer loving father in this week's reading we see that the call of jesus requires us to pay wholehearted attention to the work of the kingdom as we move through our week and around our neighborhood help us to notice signs of the kingdom we also pray for your kingdom to come here on earth we pray for places that are suffering real unrest 
we pray for Ukraine. We pray for miners in the Central African Republic under attack by mercenaries. We pray for the people of the Indian subcontinent suffering flooding after monsoons and for the people of Afghanistan now suffering the after effects of an earthquake. We pray too for people close to us finding life hard at the moment. Loving Father, bring your kingdom closer. Listen to our prayer. Loving Father, this week's reading shows us that we need to decide to follow Jesus. There is so much competition for our time and attention. Social media, streaming platforms, the 24-hour news cycle. With all that we juggle each week, help us to make space for Christ. Help us to prioritise our relationship with you, Lord, and to make time to learn more and grow in prayer. We pray for our church. We pray that we would help each other in our journeys of faith. Loving Father, be with us this week as we follow you. Listen to our prayer. And let us unite our prayers together as we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And so our closing hymn reflects that sense of decision that we make. We sing together, O Jesus, I have promised to serve thee to the end.
grant us the wisdom to know what is important. May God guide us to act, to do what is urgent. May God help us to know the one we follow better each day. May God help us to be people who don't always look back. May God help us always to be faithful and true. And may the blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us now and for eternity. Amen.